We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Ben, it feels like it's been a while since we got to talk pro wrestling, so it's great to jump off this week with some quality pro wrestling talk. We're hitting up the main roster, recapping Raw, got to talk about SmackDown, which gave Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan a ton of time to tell their story. Also, we got to talk about Impact Rebellion, recap that, and talk about AEW Blood and Guts, which is coming up on television this week. I'm 
like the pay-per-view model that they've had several times. Blood and Guts will be on TV leading up to the next pay-per-view, which is Double or Nothing in a few weeks. So tons of stuff to touch on in pro wrestling. But first, Dre, since this isn't a boxing show, I was like, you know what, let me, let me sprinkle this in because I saw it on your timeline. It has now been six years since Manny versus Floyd and our like first experience as part of the corner podcast doing urban loitering. Tell me that you miss it. Um, hmm. Kinda a little bit. <laughs> I mean, there's those events I miss, right? Like I miss Mayweather Pacquiao. Only in the the idea I miss more than the actual event. The week that was one of the most exhausting weeks ever. That week was nuts. That week, Hectic. the Mayweather and McGregor week. Uh, I'm trying to think what else was a really really busy uh, week. McGregor. Oh God. Aldo, I think. Yes, three, three, three fights, fights in three back days. To back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Those. The work that has to get done. That's not fun. But no, <laughs> the, the little bit of urban loitering that we did and, you know, the crowds, like it's it's worth it. You know, like, honestly, I could have a worse job. Right. Like I could do a worse thing for a living and get paid to do than cover big fights like that. So, yeah, I miss it a little bit. And it feels like we're getting really close to going to fights again. Um, yeah. Obviously, this weekend, you know, we'll talk about later in the week, Ruiz and Ariola fought Dignity Health Center and Mexicans fought everywhere, which was incredible. Um, that was, that was crazy, but it just seems like we're getting closer and closer and, you know, in Vegas, everything opens up what June 1st, everything a hundred percent June 1st, it is now 80% as of May 1st. Yeah. So I'm waiting till June 1st, I think before I make a move, um, I may do brunch again or something like that. I'm still going to be ultra cautious, but the thing that I'm thinking about, so Obviously, another thing we'll talk about on the, our boxing show is Mayweather versus Logan Paul in Miami. Yeah. And I was asked, are you going? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, <is this> something, <laughs> what, like, part of me is like, maybe I should go for the shenanigans. And then I'm thinking like, man, it's going to be like COVID central out there. I mean, you get the two for one because you get Theofimo the night before in Miami. So See, yeah, that's, you can do that know. in Holyfield and then Floyd. I'm not going to either. Like I'm, I'm good. They're sending someone else. I don't know. I don't, we're over at good old sporting news. There's a lot of things in the works and it may, I may be back on site a little sooner than expected, but only if certain things work out, but I'm just thinking like, man, I'm about to buy some cool masks. Cause I'm going to be totally masked out. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full luchador. Out I'm, there. I'm stocking up on my pro wrestling mask. I'm crushing it right now. I got like three. I need three I, more before the summer hits. Yeah. So I, you know, Mayweather, Mayweather Pacquiao was an experience, man. Like that was some of a few people like, you know, you know, there needs to be like a documentary on it. And I was like, maybe there should be just the whole process of getting to Mayweather Pacquiao and then the fight week <laughs> itself. Oh yeah. It's, there was a tent. I sat yeah. next to Home and Garden. I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, every, everybody <laughs> was at that fight. I mean, there's a whole story about the credentialing process because so many people didn't get into the arena that night. And some, you know, understood. Some people were just like, yeah, I kind of figured I wasn't going to be ringside for this fight. Well, yeah. other people lost their fucking minds. And it was, <laughs> I was like, auxiliary oh, seating. 
Where were you? Where was that at? Two hundred or something. Oh, so you were inside, but you were up in the rafters. I, I was up. I was up there, but that's because I was working at BSO at the time, and Rob had the floor seat. So it's not like neither of us got credentialed for the I'm floor seat. I remember. He I just took he got, he took the floor seat, which understandable. You're on the site, so yeah, he yeah. took the floor seat, and I was up top. But it was it wasn't bad. Like I mean, you I could have been in the tent. Yeah, yeah, I could have been <laughs> in the tent. Um, yeah, that, with no AC, like the tent experience was a whole a whole different joint. And it's not like I flew in and was expecting some people flew in expecting oh, yeah. to be in the building, like on some real stuff. Be like, nah, you outside watching from a TV. Dog, that I remember Kelly Swanson. Shout out to Kelly Swanson. You know, she hit me and she was like, "All right, so we're doing this credentialing process, and not everybody's gonna get in, but you're good, right?" And I was like, "Are you sure?" She was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna tell you now because, I'll, but don't tell anybody that you're good because if you tell people <laughs> that you're good, everybody's gonna start freaking out." She was like, "But you've always, you know, I've been around forever, so you're like, you're good, you're good. There's other outlets that are not gonna be good." And I remember the day of the fight. I remember I got there super early to get my credential and I saw Kelly. She was like, you're good. Don't worry. You're ringside. Um, she was like, the only thing is we don't have enough tables. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, well, we had to sell a bunch of tickets. So only like, there's only like two tables and that's for like broadcast and like ESPN. And so it was like Dan and like two other outlets. And she was like, unfortunately you'll be ringside, which is like, a row or two back from behind it but you're gonna have your laptop in your lap and i was like i don't care <laughs> i was like i don't give a shit and then the best part about this is like i get my credential because you remember the undercard the undercard was kind of shitty right lomachenko yeah. was on the, on the undercard he that was like his second pro fight i believe oh lomachenko that wasn't was the one with tank then right no 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 that was the mcgregor fight tank okay McGregor tank fight. missed weight on that one. yeah no nah, yes remember. So Loma was on it. Loma was on there. Leo Santa Cruz was on it. And I can't remember who else. Somebody yeah, Loma else. Loma won a belt on that one, I think. Yes, it was second It was second pro fight. Second fight, yeah. So when I got there, uh, a good friend of mine, who used to be the manager for Tash of the Alcoholics, she was doing all of the events for Mayweather. And she hit me and she was just like, where you at? I was like, oh, I just got my credential. And she was like, where, are you staying around? I was like, I'm going to go and urban loiter. And she was like, don't do that yet. And I was like, why not? She was like, come over to like the where the locker rooms are at. And I was like, how am I getting over there? And she met me over there and she was like, here. And it was my VIP pass for the Mayweather Pacquiao pre-party. And I was like, oh, I'm not watching any of these fights tonight. <laughs> I was like, from that point on, I was like, I'm absolutely, I'm not watching any of these fights. So I remember, because um, I was at Ring at the time, I was doing Ring and Jay-Z's Life and Times. And Life of Times, it was obviously just going to be all about Mayweather. Ring was like, hey, can you split with Doug? Doug Fisher was like, can you split coverage with me? And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, um, I'm going to do the main. So he was like, how do you want to split the other three fights? And I was like, I'll do Loma because I figured that's going to be short. And you can have the other two. He's like, you sure you don't want to write the other? I was like, absolutely not. And I left. I like As soon as Loma took who I can't remember who he fought. As soon as he won, I went to the back and I got wasted. <laughs> like by the time, by the time made with it, like it was so much. I ate and drank and did all that shit, and then started sobering up. And then I was like, right, I'm gonna go back out. So I went out and I sat on my laptop and I broke my laptop that night, which sucked. Damn. Yeah, like <laughs> I broke my laptop that night, but 
like they had great food. I was like sitting there with Denzel and like Stephen A. Smith. And I'm all in this room. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And no, I don't remember covering the fight. Like I just remember like the fight being over. And I remember the fight. I remember a live tweet of the fight. And then I did my report real quick. And I remember they did the post fight in the ring. And I remember a few people hit me. It was like, you going to the after party? I was like, nah, I've had enough fun for the night. I'm going home. Yeah, I had the table with the bottle. You were like, nah, I can't do it. No, I was done. It was a long day. It was a long day. I had to file like three stories. And I was just like, yo. And I I went to the VIP party. And I was like, we made like Ron Artest where we like sharing drinks. I'm like, this is crazy, right? Like, so I I don't know when or if we'll get to that type of environment again for a fight or for anything. It'll have to be like, some thriller madness. Yeah, I feel like this is part of the reason because I know if I go to the Tio Cambosis fight, I know Peter Kahn's going to take care of me. I know I'm going to get what I need. Part of me is just like, maybe I should just go and cover that fight. And I, and I know because when we did the Logan Paul KSI fight and we did the Miami card with Jake Paul on it, I know how crazy of an event these things can be. So I'm like, Maybe, you know, you know, get my rocks off. I haven't covered a fight since last March. Maybe that should be the first fight I go to. Those first two fights. In Miami, too, in the summer? Some good brunch. Yeah, yeah, that, too. <laughs> so you'd be out there Saturday and Sunday. That's a good brunch. I, but, so I'll consider it. But Mayweather Pacquiao was just an experience unlike any other boxing experience I've ever been a part of. That shit was amazing. Yeah, that, that week was a blur. Like, I guess, I think it's that week too. I, I'm not even sure. Like, there was something on like Friday that week. Might have been like a Mayweather Promotions card I ended up going to on like Sam's Town. No, I, yeah, I didn't do any of that. You come to this, I was like, absolutely not. You guys yeah, I went to that. the, I went to that and I was chilling. Like, and that whole week was bonkers. And we had three shows. Like from yeah, we did shows all the there. little cowboy bar right there at the MGM. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Gail Bean, who plays Wanda on, on uh, Snowfall. Yeah. Before that, good friend yep. of mine. You know, she was on there. We had She just Jamil. got a role. She got a role, and we talked to her about it. And, like, it was, like, a, a pretty big role. And, like, she was, like, super hyped for it. And then now, look. Like, yeah. six years later, she's on Snowfall. Crush. She's killing She's killing on Snowfall. We had Jamila. Good homie. Uh we had Ismael. after the GoFundMe, the GoFundMe yeah. to get there. Yeah, I mean, dog, that was just that was an experience, and it was like that was the first, that was the first couple months of the Corner Podcast. Yep. What a way to start! Yeah, we start off hot, hot takes, and then right into that fight. Yeah, we came, and it's crazy. Like, so what I'm thinking, and I'm kind of veering off course just a little bit, but I'm thinking it's been six years since we we did that. And I'm just catching up on the Joe Budden podcast and Rory and Maul and Joe and their issues. And I'm listening to that. And I'm like, man, they make a lot of money, though. Um, But I'm like, (laughs) yeah, they do. They make a lot of money. They do like like we do our podcast, but they sit in each other's faces every like multiple times. That's crazy. And then for them to have problems and, you know, the fallout and all that shit, that's just podcasting like. I guess what I'm trying to say is podcasting isn't 
a difficult thing to do, right? Like when you first started, you're like, oh, I wonder who's gonna listen to me. But then once you start going, everything's fine. And then eventually business gets in the way or something comes up, egos get in the way. We haven't had that issue because we ain't got a lot, we're not, it's not like we're splitting like a million dollars. We, we don't have a Joe Budden budget to do this yep. show. The show was growing. I was looking, I was like, oh, like we're ranked in Nigeria. I was like, that's special. Like we're in Greece. I was like, there's people that listen to the show all over the world, which is kind of dope, which I have no idea. I had no idea anybody still listen. Like I was like, I'm doing this as kind of like my demo tape, right? Like people listen to the show and they're like, oh, you're such a, would you be on my show? And I was, that's why I thought we were doing it. And now it's yep. like, people are like, yeah, you guys are kind of ranked and other outlets want you and it's kind of cool. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'll take the Joe Budden money. Like if we, if we can get it, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Yeah, no, no problems there. But I mean, to pull back the curtain a little bit, um, we have had a smooth six years. Like it's, it's no, no problems at all. No beef, no, um, you you know, going at each other or God, we got to do this. Like, nah, like I like chopping it up twice a week. Like we we have fun doing this. We always find time. We're we're busy sometimes, so our days may fluctuate and the schedule will change. Um, but outside of that, is it's just been smooth coasting. So when I watch like these other podcasts, like horrible decisions went through their stuff. Joe Budden pod, I'm just like, damn, like it it can't be that difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me think like maybe we're just not popular enough. Maybe when we get like, super popular and, you know, we get like a million followers on Twitter or some nonsense like that, then maybe it gets stressful. But it's just like, man, you just we're just like talking on the show. Like, yeah, you know, unfortunately, like, we kind of know our shit. So it's not like we got to do a ton of research. Like, I, like, honestly, guys, like you guys listen to the show. You know how much prep work I do for the Corner Podcast? Zero. I do none. You want to know why? Because this is what I do day to day anyway. I cover combat sports, right? I watch a ton of wrestling. I watch fights. I don't miss anything. So I come in and it's not like I got to go, ah, shit, I got to watch this or I got to catch up or I need a researcher. I don't need any of that shit. Kel sends the rundown. I go, all right, cool. And then he hits me with some question I wasn't expecting. And then I try to answer it. And then we talk about some rap shit and tell some stories. And then the podcast is over. Then we go about our day. There's nothing else really to this for us. No, it's pretty, pretty easy. And like the formula may change, right? Like if we get bigger and go to different platforms, maybe the formula changes a little, but it's still like, you know, we, for better or worse, we live this. So yeah. it's really just talking about what we live. So it's like, I do hot takes every day, baby. This is what I do. This is, it's, <laughs> it's effortless. Hot takes and bad bets. This is this is my life. I should. Be <laughs> and that, that's, I guess that's the other thing. It's like when I look at other podcasts and they're like fishing for content. For us, because we cover three sports and then we talk our own shit, we're never really devoid of kind of things to talk about. Like we always have something to talk about, whether it's like verses, whether it's like social issues, whether it's the fight. We just spend a bunch of times talking nonsense about Mayweather and Pacquiao because we experienced yeah. it. Other people I see, they're showing like oh man yeah. nothing really happened like imagine if this show was just boxing this wouldn't we wouldn't do this as often because there's just not enough to talk about we have enough shit to talk about it's easy for us now we we i mean and shout out to you and um you know during the start of it and combat jack obviously like 
the premise was gold, where it was, no, talk about all the combat sports. So many other podcasts get put into a box. And it's like, and then it was like, oh, you know what? And also mix in like your hip hop knowledge. And then hip hop knowledge just expanded to talk about whatever we like to start the show. So we like nerd out some weeks or we talk social issues. Like it expanded that that first segment went from, oh, talk hip hop to talk whatever we want. And when that happened, it was just like, oh, now now it's golden. Now it's it's so easy to generate content. I, I look at shows that are guest dependent and that becomes difficult. Yeah. Like if your main show is guest dependent and like you have to keep pulling or searching for the next quote and not to shit on like other combat sports podcasts because I like them. Um, and I pull quotes from them all the time in my normal job uh, at ESPN. But um, like so many podcasts are just dependent on what can you get your guests to say that'll go viral or that'll hit. Like, that's not fun. That's like we, yeah, we, we have guests when we, you know, want to chop it up, but even that's fun. We're not fishing for the hot comment. No, I could care so, less. Yeah, that's, that's a, a rough way to go. But no, I mean, listen, six years deep, we are enjoying it. Um, the other thing I want to touch on in this beginning segment kind of went crazy with Mayweather Pacquiao, but uh my other question for this opening segment was it's a wrestling show. So I wanted to talk wrestling, but not the nitty gritty, the in-depth we'll get to all that Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I mentioned in open had a match. Cool. Roman Reigns has a new entrance theme and it, before we, you know, we give our opinions on that when we talk about the match, but in terms of entrance themes, it got the wheels turning. So I started thinking and I was like, yo, we really haven't touched on our favorite entrance themes of all time. We, we've done so many topics and in six years, like we rehash some topics because honestly we forget about stuff, right? Like that's just how it goes. Um, but shout out to James, James May, listener, Corner Club. Shout out to you. James hit me up in the DMs on IG. Um, James from across the pond in London. He was like, yo, you guys really haven't given your Mount Rushmore for entrance themes. But you guys talk about them all the time and how they switch up and everything. I was like, you know what, James? Got you. So, Trey, what is on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling entrance music? Damn. First of all, shout out to James. Like, if you're listening. From yo, James has been listening for four years. Word, <laughs> so James, man. Yo. In four years, and he's like, yo, I've never heard you guys talk about this. Wow. I was like, you know what, James? You're right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, there's a topic we haven't covered. We we got to hit on it. So wait, before I even start, two things. One, shout out, James. Appreciate you reaching out because sometimes it's always good to have uh, listeners ask us questions. We and we'll discuss them. Two, Kelly gets a lot more of this than I do. I don't know why y'all don't send me anything. Um, maybe I do. You're pessimistic. Maybe I do <laughs> you're pessimistic you're you know i don't know you have yeah. a million jobs they don't want to bother you they already know you're like the busiest man in media etc etc cool. but listen guys like if if maybe if that's the case yes i am busy sometimes i will miss things i'm certain that there's been things that have come across i've just totally missed because my life is chaos but if there are things that we have talked about that we haven't fully fleshed out because we start on one subject and just kind of run amok onto other things 
or there's a story you want us to tell or there's an experience or there's a list that you want us to do, hit one of us up. It doesn't always have to be Kel. You can hit me up too. But if I don't answer, then hit up Kel. Because I'm not saying that we always need content, but we want our listeners to feel like they're getting their questions answered. And yeah, we're going to talk about fights and wrestling and all that stuff. And it could be on any one of those topics. I don't give a shit. Like if you guys want us to talk about journalism or the media or like social issues or rap music lists or interest things, whatever, I don't care. Just hit us up. Now, that being said, Mount Rushmore interest music. Um, this is tricky because I, I wonder, like, whenever I think of, like, the Mount Rushmore interest music, I always think of, like, Ric Flair's thing because that shit was epic. Oh, yeah. But then I think of, like, The Brood, right, which was just kind of like a banger, right? So we talking about themes, like, in terms of our favorite themes or, like, the best, like, most significant themes in pro wrestling history. All right. <laughs> Let's see. So you, you try to make a caveat that I wasn't ready for. I want to say we have to go best themes, entrances aside. Okay. Because if you add the entrance, like the brood, like you mentioned, the brood is a lot of the entrance and the theatrics and coming up from the floor and the fire and the the goblet. That's that's a whole different level. It adds a level to the music, even though the music bangs. Just the entrance theme, because Roman just changed his theme. He didn't change his entrance. We'll talk about entrances overall later. Like Taker has an all-time entrance. His music is like, okay. So and then, so my next question is, because the, some of the themes that hit my Mount Rushmore are actual songs in like real life. <laughs> so no, it's like, no, 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 you can't, can't use those. Because no, you can't go too crazy. Like, yes, to an extent, like you can use like Jericho's Judas, right? Like, cause that shit's incredible. But like, you can't go over the top and like enter Sandman for yeah, Sandman. Like no, no, the Sandman's that and Voodoo Child for Hogan's entrance oh. music was incredible. Yeah, no, but that's cheating. Like, okay. and, and Hollywood Hogan is incredible, but no, you can't just use Voodoo Child. All right, uh, all right. we'll, we'll actually get that to that in a second, like more in depth. But yeah, no, you can't use that for the sake of this list. All right, all right, all right. Fine. So the goat entrance to me, my favorite. I'll do my favorite. One of the, and this is in no particular order. The Rock's Hollywood entrance music with the helicopter. Hmm. It, you remember this? Yeah, the guy had like eight entrances, entrance music. But yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. This particular one when he was Hollywood Rock and he had just come back, and it, it was like this long beginning with like the helicopter flying, and then the, you know it hit with it's cooking, and then the beat drop. That's one of my favorites. Um, two is Nakamura. Nakamura's entrance music is incredible. Like oh, I go is. back. I go back and listen to it. I'm like, wow, that was a banger. <laughs> like that shit was crazy. And everybody sang it too. So then we got the Rock Hollywood thing. These, this is just my personal list. Um, <clears throat> see, Y2J at the original. The Break the Walls Down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. If Hot take me. musically. I think I like Judas better than Break the Walls Down. No, I think Judas is better, but it's just like, see, the, the, the thing about interest music 
and this is something that I've learned um, from my pro wrestler friends, is that, you know, they have a formula for this shit. Like, if you notice, Roman Reigns music uses that formula where it's like there's this accord hits and then there's like silence and then the beat drops and then people go crazy, right? It's always like a sound. Like Batista's. Batista's close to Mount Rushmore. Batista's music over the years got better to me as I heard it. Xavier um, Woods took it over the top for me. His WrestleMania, like, <laughs> mark it out. <laughs> I love it. He took it to the next level. Um, it's Because I'm trying to figure out where Austin sits on this list. Because that breaking the glass by itself. And then, like, that was badass shit. Yeah, that'll give you chills. Yeah. Um, but Flair's on my list. But see, that's okay. a real song, though. That um, counts, though. Like, that's like okay. Daniel Bryan's. Like Daniel Bryan's is a real composed song, and it's a, it's weird for me. It's uh, Flair and Savage are tied because they have, both have extraordinarily epic entrance music. Kind of tired, you swagger jack in my list here, but correct. Like, and we haven't even shared list, but yeah, okay. All right, and then uh, I guess I'll I feel give like one more because I gave it I gave a tie. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give a tie too. Then cheat the system. <laughs> um. Mm. All right, it's, it's uh, between, damn, this is all like WWE NXT shit. There really wasn't no super banger from WCW, even though Billy oh. Kidman had a dope one. And ECW had real music. And they had bangers, but they were like real music. Yeah, Enter Sandman was like the shit. Um, it's either Bobby Roos Glorious or The Generation X. And I can't okay. pick. I can't pick. Mm. I'd like to Actually, glorious. You know glorious no, more it. entrance though. Fuck them both. NWO Thieves song. The original one. Okay. Not the Wolfpack. Not some the Wolfpack. people pack. Some people I'll love the Wolfpack. I, I love the not. Wolfpack one. I love the Wolfpack. Uh, it's, it's, to me, in my mind, it sounded like some cheesy, like knockoff 90s gangster shit. Bam, 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 bam. Don't turn back Dude. on the wolf pack. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I, didn't, I didn't like that. That shit was fire. <laughs> My list is all over the place. I probably gave way too many for a Mount Rushmore, but so it's your turn. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to cheat and give a half, but a lot of our lists are the same. So Nakamura is the current theme that makes my list. Uh, Undisputed Arrows in contention because I love the. Undisputed Era theme song, but a lot of that has to do with the Adam Cole boom yeah. and the Adam Cole baby. So that's more entrances. So um, Nakamura makes it off of pure music. And then I'll go, since we're giving out ties, DX and HBK are a tie. <laughs> I love the Shawn Michaels entrance music. I love it. Like the sexy boy, like, come on, that music is so fire. He did it him like his voiceover. I like the sensational Sherry one too, though, for like a hot second. But her voice, like it's like nails on the chalkboard. When they went with him, it was just incredible. So HBK, the goat has to be on here, and he's on here twice because DX again just changed the game with their entrance music and their entrance. So dope. And then Macho Man the pageantry of it like just when it hits it just makes you feel a ways and rick flair yeah, um rick flair i mean rick flair was the walk down the aisle music at my wedding 
Yes, it wasn't it wasn't the normal wedding song however that, that shit goes it was rick flair's um music walking down the aisle and then we walked out to nakamura so yeah, that was like, we really did so those have to make my list if i put them in the wedding obviously it uh it rings true but the honorable mention for me is and again a real song is Cody Rhodes thing. And I shit on Cody all the time. People know, like, listen, the man is very average as a professional wrestler in the ring. He is an amazing character, proven to be a really good businessman. And that song, boy, if he had that in WWE, you got to put the strap on. Like, I don't know how they messed it up so bad. And I'm not even a fan of him in ring, but WWE doesn't necessarily care about in ring. All the stuff he is great at is tailor-made for them. And they blew it. And it's not like he didn't show them the dashing Cody Rhodes and the mask on his face and then hiding his face because he's ugly. Like, that's great character work. That's oh, what they wanted. Dashing Cody Rhodes to the, to, to the demented music? The, when he, when oh, it was, that was incredible. Incredible. What he does well is what they want someone to do well. I don't know how they break out and try to keep him as stardust, but when he, yo, when his music hits, that entrance, it's on top of Judas for me. And that's, that's my favorite thing about Cody Rhodes. Uh, if he didn't come out to the ring with QT Marshall and his <laughs> wife and the dog every time and fucking Arn Anderson, who doesn't need to be his valet, go, go mentor a young kid. That was Cody Rhodes who cuts good promos, great promos. Need someone to be there on his behalf. It, it's ridiculous. The Four Horsemen never liked the Rhodes family. The shit doesn't make sense. But the theme song, God, that's my honorable mention. That theme song is so fire. I play that all the time, just around the crib. Like the, the theme song is fire. So <laughs> Judas is cool. Is like life. I'm thinking, man, that that like Jericho's Judas is leash. That <sighs> the crowd singing it is is Nakamura levels. Yeah, I mean, man, it's it's because as much as we rag on AW and their shitty theme songs, that one because it's Jericho and Fozzie is pretty yeah. fucking dope. It's like his well, best. When, <laughs> when they go out and actually get like real musicians to make music, it's pretty good. Yeah, like the Cody Rhodes song is really dope. So <laughs> you know what I can't get out of my mind? You remember this? Kenny King singing the Cody Rhodes song when we did the first yes. wrestling stereotype, yeah. <laughs> and he was just singing it. He's like, "Doesn't it sound like it just says Cody Rhodes all the time?" And I, I just couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> just over and over and over again in different pitches. Oh, Damn. Man. And, and this is a, an aside. The next uh, wrestling stereotypes, I gotta call Kenny. We gotta have Kenny on the show. We haven't had Kenny on there yet. I've been holding out. He knows it too, but we gotta have him. We had Kenny on the first one. No, it just didn't. wasn't. It wasn't major. I'm talking about the podcast. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. definitely have to have Kenny on the on the podcast. Um, last question before we go to break, and this is where we have to choose from songs that are already made. What song would you choose for your wrestling entrance theme? And I'll let you know before I uh, give my answer. I cheated the question. Because I'm going with the instrumental zero words on my pick. But it's a real song. You give your pick, goddammit, because I got to think. My pick is Victory 
Puff and Biggie, just instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse, I, I want Puff's intro, just <laughs> instrumental. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't come out the curtain until Puff's intro is winding down. And then I come out the curtain. And give me pyro. You really thought about this. I, hate I did. I need the pyro. When, when Puff starts going crazy, you know, I come in like the last couple bars of Puff. And then I need the pyro once the beat hits and Puff stops. And I'm just going crazy, like Batista level, Goldberg level pyro. And then going down to the ring. So victory is my entrance music. This is so I th- unfair. I thought oh. it through. <laughs> you did. And I, I can't, you know, off the top of my head, the one song I would like to come out to because it has that that the, the first note and it hangs for a minute and the beat drops and then the lyrics come after is Outcast Return of the Gangster. That's what I'm coming out to. <laughs> okay. I thought you were about to say bombs after bombs over Baghdad. Nope, nope, nope. It's gotta be Return of the Gangster because I'm let me find it on my on my phone real quick because it just gives you this. Yeah, I'm just gonna stroll out to that shit. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> you definitely stroll out too. <laughs> uh, it'd be a nice slow. It'd be an Undertaker esque stroll with a fucking cane, and I would walk <laughs> and be like, "Where are my bitches?" And yeah, we would turn to the gangster. That's how that that because you put me on the spot and I didn't get a chance to really think about it. The other song I always think about because it's one of my favorite songs ever is "The World Is Yours," Nas. But it's too upbeat. Oh, Return, Return of the Gangster is like the. It's just some real gangster shit. And I can just imagine that shit playing in a stadium and I'm walking like super slow. I thought about Nas, you can hate me now, but the Miz promo already crushed that. Yeah. Like yes. one of the best WrestleMania promos ever. So and I always think about kicking the door, but Frankie Yeager is like, that's his song now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, MMA has taken so many of these and just elevated them. And that's what got me thinking because Ronda just used her MMA thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it works. It's very similar. And it works just the same. But, like, Anderson Silva coming out to DMX. Um, Real motherfucking G's is super dope. Like, there's so many good MMA themes. So, I was like, all right, which one work for pro wrestling? But victory. Victory would be my my choice there. You guys hit us up. One, let us know what's on your Mount Rushmore wrestling themes. And then, two, let us know what would be your entrance music in pro wrestling and if you have like a little walk, let me know. Uh, a lot of people probably had this on deck because I think it was like WWE No Mercy allowed you to put music in the games. <laughs> yeah. Or it might have been like the one on Xbox. Because, you yeah, know, remember the original Xbox, you could load music onto your hard drive. Oh, yes. And that's all I did. I loaded music. Oh. I remember when Tony Hawk came out and I remember I loaded this is why my brother-in-law to this day knows the front to back merges into the beginning album because <laughs> that album played the entire time he played Tony Hawk. And as a kid, that's all he heard. Cause I, he was like, well, here's the real music. I was like, no, you're going to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen, Merz is into the beginning album from front to back. I used to love that box just for that shit. Oh, my God. I loaded so many mixtapes on there that I can never get again ever in life and it pains me like stuff that's not even on youtube or soundcloud um man shout out to graph and the oracle mixtape i cannot find the full oracle <laughs> mixtape anywhere but that was on constant loop on my xbox and when i lost my xbox or like the hard drive crash it like broke my heart I had so much music on there but uh yeah you guys let us know what your favorites are we're gonna hit the break when we come back we're talking about pro wrestling and we're going to hit up WWE main roster first. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. After this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back. Time to talk main roster WWE. I want to start with Raw first, but obviously Why? we... Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> so could probably save that yeah, towards uh, the end of this. And we were talking about Roman Reigns, so we'll work completely backwards. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan had 40 minutes of television time to work. Roman Reigns gets the new entrance theme, which I like. You know what? It is kind of generic. People are kind of like shitting on it, but I don't know what they want. The CFOs aren't there anymore. This is the music you're going to get. It's not over the top. It's not great, but some people get stuff better than others. Shout out to Big E and Wale. So, you know, sometimes it gets better. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think this fits his heel persona 
and the head of the table kind of like, you know, acknowledge me character. Like I like the music. It feels epic. It feels yeah, like, like bad guy music. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. And I was like, oh, this, this works. You know, it wasn't like the original S.H.I.E.L.D. theme was like this super banger of a song to begin with. We just, it just grew on us. To be yep. totally honest, like the Undisputed Era, when we first heard it, we were like, the fuck is this? And then as the weeks went on, they added the Adam Cole baby and the boom. It was like, all right, cool. We, we got it. This theme from the beginning, I was just like, eh, this works. You know what other, you know what other song that I didn't mention what, that's like on a Mount Rushmore? Not necessarily mine, but John Cena's music. That theme... It's yeah, <laughs> that, he, that whole MOP, like, <laughs> like that shit, <laughs> that shit slaps. That shit slaps. I, I like Roman's music. I, I like seeing his old music too, with the word life, Thugonomics. But um, oh, he hasn't had a bad theme, really. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. But so no. it, with, with Roman, I was like, when he came out, it, like I said, it had all the elements. It had like the first chord and then it hangs for a minute and then the beat drops because now they do that with everybody. Seth Rollins, everybody. They do it with everybody. But it works. I don't have a problem with it. And it, it fits the character. So it's going to be very interesting when Roman eventually turns back babyface. I'm trying to figure out what will make that happen. But this character and the music and everything, it works. He's great in this role. Can't believe it took him so long to figure this shit out. I mean, WWE figures stuff out by accident a lot, right? So it... Like they booed the man for five years. You think you could probably do this a little earlier, but better late than never. I suppose. So they're letting him rock right now with the character, him and DB. The stipulation was DB leaves SmackDown if he loses this title match. Good match back and forth. Daniel Bryan's just a great wrestler. Roman Reigns, quiet as kept, has not had a bad match since going heel. And uh, this one isn't wasn't a bad match either. I liked the way it played out. It was great. It was believable. Um, Roman Reigns adding a submission finisher does a lot for him. It's just not, you know, super cheesy Superman punch into spear. It, it adds, uh, okay, this can finish a different way. It gives him an edge. You never know necessarily when it's going to finish now. I, I like that. So, you know, DB loses, gets his walking papers. And then now it's like, man, I hope he goes to NXT, right? Or just not jumps over to Raw. I, I kind of want him to just go around and have the matches he wants. Challenge Kushida for the 205 Live title, like for the Cruiserweight title. Do all of that. Like, I want him to have those cool matches. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I want to touch on is Roman Reigns, his in-ring work is very character-specific, right? Like, He's not like a workhorse like a Kenny Omega or but he's a or even a Daniel Bryan, but he's very character driven. And I think that's why everything works that he does right now. Also, he doesn't wrestle a lot. If you no. notice, like he, he does not wrestle a lot. And when he does, it's in a meaningful match. So it's not like a huge margin for error because he's only in like high profile matches. Like they have mentioned, he hadn't defended the SmackDown title since like Christmas. Four months. He didn't really well, have any matches. Jay Uso does the legwork, baby. Yeah. So when he has a match with somebody like Daniel Bryan, I don't want to take any credit away from Roman Reigns, but it's, you know, Daniel Bryan can do a lot of work while Roman can just do character work and power moves and power out of shit and, you know, and a lot of mean mugging and faces. Like he does all that really well. 
And there's a difference between a wrestler like a Roman Reigns and a wrestler like a Daniel Bryan. Like a, yep. a Daniel Bryan, a Shawn Michaels, a Bret Hart, um, they are very, they wrestle, they work. Whereas, I don't want to compare Roman to Hogan, because that's disrespectful. But there are power wrestlers who are very good at what they do and very specific at, at their, yeah. very deliberate. And Roman's like really fucking good at that right now. He's not Seth Rollins, but the, no, the way he's, he, the he's way better he, than a lot of the, like he's better than Goldberg. Of course. Yeah. Like he's, like he's really, mm, see Lesnar is a very unique one because Lesnar, it just, just depends on what era of Lesnar we're talking about. Early Lesnar was a frightening specimen. Yeah, early yeah. Lesnar was like freakishly athletic, like and he did more than the suplex. Like when Suplex City came, it just became like you know one move and shit. Yeah, um, rinse repeat. Yeah, and it worked for him. That's what I'm saying. Like character work works for certain wrestlers, but they don't have long matches. Whereas Roman could still have a very long match. Kind of reminds me of Psycho Sid. Sid better Vicious. Than, better than Sid. You think he's better? Sid. Sid. Sid could work. Mm, Sid wasn't a like great that. worker. Like Sid, Sid, I mean, what is Roman doing that's spectacular, you know? Well, what I'm saying is like the character work in his moveset, like Sid was very powerful, but Sid had a lot of clunkers, right? Like Sid didn't yeah. have like great matches. Roman finds a way to make these matches, like the, the Jey Uso match in the Hell in a Cell. Like yep. it's, not a, it's not a high work rate, but everything means something. And that to me is what makes... Roman's character so good, and that's why this match works so well. Think even forty minutes, which of TV time, you know, there's yeah. like breaks and shit. But like, like minutes, a better Triple H. Yeah, definitely a better, better Triple H. Man, I was when I was watching some of these Triple H matches, like, man, this motherfucker has some bad matches. <laughs> like, he did, he did. But like when he was on, like at his top, like the Taker Mania matches, all like. Uh, the Mick Foley match, like when he wanted to work, Taker, him and Rock that's a good one. That's a had good some one. good ones. That's a good one. Late Taker, those Taker WrestleMania matches were like straight character work. Yeah, I, he, he's still. I mean, the motherfucker was jumping over the rope. Yeah, I mean, Roman I mean, has. Still, you know, he, he still had some spots though. Roman does too. Like you know, he. he I miss him when he used to do the drive by, but you know, his spear on the outside and like, you know, that Roman has like certain moves, but it's not a lot of moves. They just mean something. Taker had yeah. had the same kind of moveset at WrestleMania. It each move means something. It's not like again, it's not like Daniel Bryan who can give you like 70 holds in a match. And then that's just a different type of worker. But Roman works. And I say all this to say because I watch people out there is like Roman's a better wrestler than Kenny Omega. And I'm like, stop. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's completely different. It, I mean, he's a better character than Kenny Omega. Yeah, he's so a like, fantastic character as a heel. Yes. But a wrestler? Yeah. No. No. It's but it, if we're talking total package, they're neck and neck. They they're are. yeah, I PWI got their hands full. They do this year. Because I don't fuck it. I don't know if they've ever had a tie. I would give them a tie. I wouldn't even split hairs. Like I, I'd give it a tie. We got, man, we got a lot of work to do because we're going to talk about Kenny. It ends in June, though. It ends in June. We don't got that much work to do. They're voting ends in June. June to June every year. Man, boy. And and Roman had August through now. Kenny had this whole, like, Kenny was tag team champ, so it's not like he was completely cooled off the last time, you know, when when the voting started. So 
tag team champ to main champ to heel to belt collector. The motherfucker, look, I was just thinking about the, the match that Kenny had with Ray Phoenix on like dynamite. And I was like, oh, he's had like two of those <laughs> that were just incredible. Um, it just goes. He had a triple A match for the title down there that was crazy. And then now he might end it with Cien Almas, which I guess we'll talk about late. Like, damn, yo, him and Roman, I, I wouldn't even split it. They're going to be one and two. I, I'd, I'd put. T dash one for 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 the rankings this year, but um, Roman's done a hell of a job. I like the match. Daniel Bryan being able to Rome seems like it could be fun. I like the direction that's going. So um, wait, so here's the question: Do you think that there's two parts to this? Mm-hmm. I interviewed Daniel Bryan before WrestleMania, and I asked Daniel about wrestling other people. And you met, yeah. like these guys always spoil shit in my interviews, and I don't realize until later. And Daniel just started talking about all these people he wanted to work with. Some of the stuff I had to leave out because of word count. So, do you think they've already figured this out that Daniel's probably going to go to NXT, or is Vince like, <laughs> you'll like wear a mask or some shit and come back? No, I think um, I think he'll go to NXT definitely. Um, Raw. I think they're pretty content with just letting him wrestle the people he wants to wrestle, you know? I, I think maybe he'll try to, like, do a program with uh, Mustafa Ali or try to save a guy like Ricochet. You know, like, he, he might do something like that. Just go wrestle people where he thinks he's going to have good wrestling matches. And NXT, again, him, Gargano, I think is a big possibility. Um, him, Kushida, big possibility. I, I think all of those matches, because he doesn't care if he wins either, just putting talent over. What I'm wondering is there's been reports of like WWE talking to MLW for like NXT guys and blah, blah, blah. And I know in your interview, he mentioned, and in other interviews, mentioned people outside of WWE. Yeah. I'm wondering, and again, I'm not betting on this, no handshake deal this time. But he's such a huge part of the company that I, I'm, I'm wondering what if he says, yo, really? Just give me two matches. Give, give me a match in New Japan. And there's precedent because I, I'm not sure Chris Jericho was fully out of his WWE deal when they let him go. He was. He was? I interviewed Jericho. Yeah, he was. But was he, he was, but he's still he thinking still about for- resigning. Yeah, like Jericho was at that point in his career. I remember I had this long conversation with him where he said he wasn't signed to a deal, but whenever Vince needed him, he was there. So in, in, in good faith, Chris called Vince to do the New Japan match. Mm. So, and then Vince was like, all right. And then, you know, because Chris sold Vince on that idea, like, hey, it's going to bring more eyeballs, yada, yada, yada. Little did Vince know, it started spinning the wheels for AEW. Vince yeah. didn't pay attention to anything. Vince may not let that happen again. Yeah. You know, fool me once. But yeah. I, I feel like Daniel, if they get like a hard, like, yeah, like, I don't know when his contract is up, but like in between contracts, he's like, yo, just give me two months. Like, give me, give me one New Japan match. Give me, I think he always want to go to AAA and like do a hair versus mask match. Yeah. Like, yo, give me one of those and then I'll be back. Like, this would be the perfect time for that. 
Yeah, I don't think in my true. opinion. I, I, I don't know. But I think NXT definitely the the outer edges of that is let me work two or three matches. I think Daniel Bryan has a lot of great cachet with the company. However, I don't think Vince want to let, want, really wants to let him out of his sight. Because yeah. like part, part of it is the Jericho thing, and then the other part is Daniel's great backstage. Everybody knows this. Yep. So maybe NXT, I mean, I would like to see him work NXT. But I just wonder, like, Vince going to be like, all right, go go do your thing on NXT. And then does that mean Vince starts watching NXT? It was like, oh, change all of this shit. <laughs> like, get well, I, I, I don't know if he changes all of it, but I think he's very hands-on on how Daniel is booked down there. Like, yeah, like he'll let Daniel, Daniel lose on SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> like, Daniel, what, took five months of L's on SmackDown, right? But that's furthering the Fox brand. I don't yeah. think he'll let him do the same in NXT. Like no. he, he's not going to be like, no, like Gargano's what? And they, um, still North American champ. You have Kushida who's a, a champ in his own right. Like, I don't know if Vince is just going to let him go down there and lose. He, yeah. he might have to pull a Charlotte. Like he let Charlotte go, but no, no, no. Charlotte's going with the belt. She's winning. She'll wrestle all the girls down there, right? Like she'll wrestle all the women. She can have her little matches, her dream matches. She can have fun. But she's not losing any of those matches. And when it's time for her to come back, you put her in a triple threat and have someone else win the belt, keep her protected, and then he comes. I, I see Daniel having that same type of protection. Yeah, it's just – it's a dangerous thing because Daniel Daniel isn't Charlotte in the sense where Daniel wants to show up and then go over. No, Daniel but I, I think that's out of his hands. <laughs> like, I, I think he could win the North American title and do uh, John Cena-style – open challenge yeah, to I don't just think, have good matches and then drop it again. I don't think he wants to do that. I think I that, I, that would be I think his options are limited. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of Daniel does have say over what he does, like to a degree. So it's like, if he shows up on NXT and then beats somebody for the title, Daniel doesn't want to do that. Daniel mm-hmm. just wants to have good matches before he retires. Cause yeah. if he, if he does win the title, he knows that Vince now has the title. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, he, and, he, he, and, and you know, it's not like a big secret, but you know, Vince does things different than Trips does on NXT, and that can yep. it can fuck up the whole thing. So, we're I'm curious where this all goes. I hope Daniel Bryan gets to do what he wants to do. I just can never trust Vincent Kennedy McMahon to do the right thing. That's that's very true. Uh, let's see what else happened on SmackDown that's worthy of talking about. Um, Montez Ford is a star. Yes. But we knew that, right? Like his frog splash off of the ropes instead of the turnbuckle was incredible. Yeah, that that um, was incredible. Um, I here's one thing. Uh, this what I'm trying to figure out what exactly we're doing with the Intercontinental Championship. And I'm not saying this in a bad way, because yeah. we have Kevin Owens, Big E, and then Sami Zayn kind of popped up. Yep. Amanda Aziz is kind of hanging around as Apollo's Diesel. Are we heading towards like a four-way? At what are we doing? I think that's a good way, eventually, to take the belt off of Apollo if you need to. I don't. I don't know if that has to be now. I backlash, WrestleMania backlash is just such a weird title. It's a stupid title. of a pay-per-view, right? Because you kind of then have to rehash WrestleMania feuds. 
So maybe People they throw, not. <laughs> yeah, like maybe they do throw it. all four together in a match because they had two singles matches at Mania. So maybe you just throw them all into one four-way match for the title. The worst thing they could possibly do with this is, in my mind, is take the title off of Apollo. Like you went through all this to get the title off of E to put it on Apollo. Let Apollo have a run with that title. Yeah. Because once Apollo loses the title, it's over. So the longer he can run with the title and establish himself and you got to establish Commander Aziz. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with that guy. I don't know how limited he is, but you got them both. So E, Owens, Zane, they're fine without the title. They'll be just fine. Apollo kind of needs it. He needs yeah. it. He's got to yeah, Aziz could stick his nose in the business and Apollo yeah. could steal it again. He steals shit all the time. I mean, that's, that's good heel work. Yeah, also, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, I, you never know. Like, they could just be like, ah, take the title off. Kind of like what they did with Riddle. And then now Riddle's are RK broing it and shit. Like, whatever. Yo, people like that angle. Um, There's worse things for Riddle than working with. Please stop saying we, that. We could talk about Raw. Please stop saying that. With, when it comes to WWE, please stop saying there are worse things. I mean, because there's that, always worse things. That's a true but, statement. I'm just <laughs> saying the bar is on the floor already. Like, how I mean, low Kate, can you go? Catering is um, like three steps away. Like, so there's there's worse thing. I, I, I one, see Ricochet cut a promo on Instagram mm-hmm. for a feud with Ali on main event. And the promo doesn't make me feel too much better about him. So, no, but, we, but that's that's what main this. event is for, right? Like, to cut these promos. Like, Who to get better. Who watches main event? Do you watch No it? one. No, no. But that's why, like, go down there, my man. Find your voice. Cut promos. He's do better. His voice. And now he, he's just, it's not, it's not working. Dude, he's a fantastic worker. He needs Incredible. a manager. Um, the only other thing on SmackDown I do want to mention real quick is they've they've gone with Bailey versus Bianca for the first match at WrestleMania. Um, backlash. I'm just gonna call it backlash. I can't do this WrestleMania backlash shit. It's not backlash like anything because Sasha. I mean, I'm sorry. Sasha's not wrestling Bianca. No. And Bianca's wrestling Bailey, who she already beat. So it's fine. I I understand why Bianca can beat Bailey. It's not gonna hurt Bailey cool um but i don't know i don't know why we're calling this shit wrestlemania backlash like what is the what rematch are we having i mean i guess if you want to talk raw real quick we have let's go drew challenging for the title again but this time Strowman's involved like what the fuck and Mason what? T-Bar, again, Mason T-Bar, if you just let them go back to their real damn names, they, they got to look. Mm. As Mason T-Bar, they are just Ascension 2.0. They, why is Braun Strowman involved in this match? I don't know. He beat Shane, and they love to do shit with people who beat Shane. It's just, like, like it's a credit to the person who beat Shane. It's, this is gross. Um, Ross stinks. Ross stinks on so many levels. Like, a ton of levels. The Fiend is All gone. of the levels. The Fiend is gone again. Yeah, they just put Bliss over and that was it for The Fiend. What? The, what? What's the point of this? I don't know. Maybe he pops up at Backlash and costs Bliss something. Bliss just needs a match. I mean, maybe they go back and forth. Scorned lover. I, I, listen, I'm trying to make sense of something that's nonsensical. It's, it's so, um, Charlotte Flair apologized. Oh. I mean, Sonya Deville got... Like, I understand people say Seth Rollins is the drip god. Like, no, no, he ain't got shit on Sonya Deville. Uh, but she should be wrestling. I don't know why she's general manager, unless that's something she asked for and 
you know, she's trying to just come back and ease her way back in. Um, but nonetheless, she reinstates Charlotte Flair. So, all right. And Charlotte nerfs Mandy Rose. Every, I don't know. They're not building anyone else. Nothing makes sense. Women's rise on the roster. Nia Jax just keeps slipping and falling and shit. Like, what? what are we doing? I'm not sure. And then we had Kofi, Xavier, Damian Priest um, beating Elias, Miz, and the racist. No, so, yeah. Okay. Why are – this is the other thing. So Damian Priest is a good character. But it feels like he got gobbled up in a way um, because I don't know if they know what to do with him now. No. They're at least keeping him on TV, but I don't think they know what to do with him. Yeah, like – the Bad Bunny thing was like they used him to help get Bad Bunny over in that match, even though Bad Bunny worked the majority of that match. But now it kind of looks like it's at his detriment because they're just like stick. Like, why is Elias and Riker doing anything on my television? Lord knows. Um, we have Randy Orton and Riddle. We mentioned RK Bro. Do you like this? I'm not like partial. I don't. I don't, I don't care about it. That's probably like the worst thing you say in pro wrestling, but uh, I I think them putting Riddle with Orton shows a, a trust level in Riddle maybe that we don't see yet. This is just kind of Vince's formula, like okay, oh I, you held the belt, cool, you did well with that, you did the job for the belt, okay, you proved to me that you know you'll do business. All right, now let's put you with this veteran, see how you you mesh with him. Oh, the veteran vouches for you, okay, with well, the veteran will give you a rub. And then, you know, you go from there. So this just seems like another team that's destined to break up after a two months run of something funny. And then you have Orton turning on him and you try to get a good program out of it. It's such a weird spot for Orton. Orton was engaged in that months long feud with The Fiend. Wins just goes into this comedy angle with Matt Riddle or Riddle and yeah. RK bro and it feels like it's this I feel like this is happening by accident I'm feel I feel like that Riddle cut this promo or did something and eventually was like ah oh, it's a good idea and, and Randall Keith Orton was like really <laughs> like this is where I go from here I was like all right I guess because I I'm trying like what are we doing with this team because tag team like dude AJ and almost aren't even on TV they haven't been on TV since winning why did they win the tag titles if they're not going to be on TV? Listen, man, I, I can't, I can't call it. Like, um, right? Yeah, bad. I don't know. Lily gets more screen time than anyone. Lily's yeah. the star of Raw right now. Twas Lily that killed the bliss. Yo, and then, and then why, why did we bring back Humberto Carrillo to get nerfed by Sheamus? I don't know, but if they have a good match, like, I'm just glad the guy's on TV and not catering. And it's I'm not just Ricochet saying, like, just getting his ass whooped every week. What is she, like WrestleMania backlash is coming up? What is Sheamus doing? Not backlashing because RK Bro is a thing. So like we got a uh, we got a let me see. Oh, we didn't even talk about Alistair Black and his return and his whatever promos. I'm real quick because that's a SmackDown thing. You know what it started to remind me of real quick, and I was just like, oh, I hope they don't just drop it. Remember when Mojo Raleigh was cutting those promos in the mirror? Mirror, yeah. And then it just, like, went away? Yeah. Because right now there's no direction for this Aleister Black thing. I don't know what no. this is going. Neither do I. I mean, it's wait and see. 
it does seem like something that can just be dropped at a whim, though. Like, I have, yeah, no, no faith in that. So that's the main roster. Listen, we can talk wait, shit wait, about wait. the main roster all day. One more thing. Angel Garza just popped up out of nowhere. Oh, like, romancing. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, I'll never hate on a man romancing Nia Jax. It's prime oh, chops. I just say, like, it's just such a, Raw is such a clusterfuck of nothing. Anyway, yeah, that's enough of the main roster. At least they're on TV. <laughs> uh, three hours, three hours of nothing, though. It makes makes no sense. Lord, Lord help them. Uh, let's go to break, come back, and then we got to talk Impact and AEW to wrap this up. Big things going. Booker T may not agree with that, though. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Ain't nobody listening to no damn Booker T. Booker T. We'll talk about that after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. Time to close out the show. Plenty to talk about here in this final segment, though. We are leading it off with Impact Rebellion. This is two straight wrestling shows where we're talking about Impact. Yet Booker T says that you know, AEW and Impact merging does nothing for Impact. I say our show rundown proves different, right? Yes, we're paying attention. Yes. Like, I, I mean, I watched Rosemary and Havoc have a match. I, that's what I'm saying. Why are we listening to Booker T right now? Like, I think Booker T has been a great wrestler and he's done a lot, but he's a WWE guy basically now. And I don't understand, like, Impact... It is a good show, but nobody's really watching it. And if you can bring any attention, if you can get a rub from AEW, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't get it. There's there's no negative aspect to getting more eyes on you. No. So, again, we're talking about uh, <laughs> Impact Rebellion. So, Rosemary Havoc defeated Kimberly and Susan. Cool. But I, like, that's not my cup of tea. Uh, then we have the X Division Championship, which... I will eat my words. Josh Alexander went out there, put on the show. He is more than just a tag team guy. Justin Ivey was on my neck in the group chat when I said that. Uh, uh, Alexander, this was a good match. Only 11 minutes. It felt like they packed a lot into the time that was given. Ace Austin, um, TJP, they're all very good. But I, I like Alexander winning this X Division Championship now. And I mean... Again, I was just introduced to their tag team a year and a half ago because Justin told me to look out and watch them. So I watched a lot of their matches. And now as a singles guy, you know what? I'm, I'm giving them a chance. I, I thought it was a good match. I want to see where it goes from here. So I, I like the match. It's one of my, uh, maybe my favorite match of the night. 
Yeah, it was a really good match. And Impact is like, Impact and New Japan are the same for me. It's like I watch the big shows, but watch them weekly, that ain't happening. So when I see these shows, as long as they give me a good package to explain why I'm watching this match, I'm good. And I watched this match and I was like, this is a really good match. Am I going to watch weekly? Probably not. I don't have the bandwidth for that shit. But I'm interested and I can't wait to see Josh Alexander wrestle again because I thought this was a great match. Agreed. Um, Hopefully him and Chris Bay in the future putting together a good match. Uh, Next, Violent by Design defeated uh, Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, Willie Mack. I talk about packages and promos and why people are together. I had no clue why these two factions were feuding or if Chris Saban and them are even a faction. So that was really weird. But it turns out all of this was just so we can get the debut of Big Cass, now known as W. Morrissey. Yeah, he looked great. He looked great. Yeah, (laughs) amazing shape. Amazing shape. Um, Good little power moves, running spot. I mean, the guy's legit seven foot tall. He, he looks really good. So yeah. I wonder what Enzo's uh, thinking. Enzo, he just waiting by the phone. What up? Like, I'm ready for my call. Yeah, he didn't get one of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just wrestled, uh, man, he re- wrestled Leo Rush opening night of Mania weekend. Yeah, but he ain't no company about to, you know, put their, uh, put their brand on his back. So, you know. Yeah, no. But Morrissey looked good. I like yeah, it. We'll he, see where they good. goes going forward. Good signing for them. You roll the dice on someone. You roll the dice on this guy. Again, phenomenal shape. You know, with the jeans and the boots. Like, it's a great look for him. It. I can see him in what Braun Strowman should have been before he ended up being a gigantic choo-choo train. A gigantic choo-choo train. That's what no he is now, right? <laughs> um, and then we had... After this, Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona. You must have hated this match the way you brought it. God, if I couldn't wait for this to be over, I don't know what else I was doing, but I wasn't like I look back. This match is still on, and it was only nine minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this this boiled my blood like QT Marshall on my television. I mean, it, it wasn't a good match, right? Like, I oh, expected no. more in the, the, the little injury thing that they tried to do at the end. I did. Oh, like with it. the X, like, that ain't cute. Yeah, stop doing stop doing that shit. Like, yes, we all know what the X means. So stop using it in storyline. Like, if don't use it when it's real. Because now, if somebody breaks their neck and they throw up an X, I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's fine. He might be yeah. dead. Like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no, no go on that one. And then uh, you were right in this next match. Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellering was her surprise tag partner, defeated Fire and Flavor for the Impact's Knockout Tag Team Championships. I mean, I guess it's Rachel Ellering. Like, you know, again, another debut and Jazz was there and putting them over. I get it. Yeah, match was I mean, Fire and Flavor should have had a little bit more of a run, but, uh, you know, they're also great singles competitors. Yeah, so I mean... It's, it's cool to me. I'm curious of where all this ends up, but yeah, I had a feeling that they were going to drop the titles. I didn't think it was a long-term thing. I think they've got something with Tasha Steeles as well. So we'll, we'll see how they play all this out. I'm, I'm Agreed. very intrigued. And then Rosemary Havoc won earlier in the night. So there's kind of like, okay, they're, they're building something. Yeah. Trying to flesh out a division. And then uh, Trey Miguel defeated Sammy Callahan last man standing Ooh. match. 
that was this was just brutal for the sake of being brutal. There was a pair of pliers at one point. Bro, they uh, the, the, the the legs on the table. table. Yeah, the they suplex. Were, they this, did some wild shit. Uh, this was I don't know a match if I liked that, it. <laughs> I did. I, I liked it because it really put Trey Miguel over. I told you, Sammy didn't need to win this. He needed to help oh. make somebody. Yeah. And and throughout this match, like it was cr- like every time I was like, all right, that's enough. They'd go and do something else. And it was dangerous, but it was a lot of spots we never really saw before in matches. Yeah. It wasn't your typical like last man standing type match. Like this was a a different degree of physicality. And I enjoyed it. I was like, as I watched it, I was like, wow, this is it's a pretty fucking good match. It's helping Trey Miguel get over. So I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I don't know if I liked it. I guess for storyline purposes, yeah, cool. It, it did what it was supposed to do, right? Like, uh, Sammy Callahan was the mankind of this match. You add the edge to the guy who needs it, you propel him up the ladder. Yeah. So, nah, cool. Yeah, it did what it was supposed to do. And the spots were unique. Yeah, you. Um, it was a good match then. I'm coming around. Um, this next match was not a good match. This was the worst match of the night. Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers. Oh, man. I can't um, believe Finn Juice won. The experiment's old. Like, <sighs> Juice Robinson looks like a damn clown. Let's just be real. Can't take this man seriously. I I would boo him, and I don't boo. Like, I, I'll go to wrestling matches, we'll cheer at wrestling matches. I don't boo people. I would boo Juice Robinson out of the building. It just it doesn't work for me. Well, this match did suck. And <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm like, when you look at, if you are an avid watcher of New Japan and you know the talent that they have over there and you go, this is the best you can come up with? Bin juice? I would have taken Suzuki Goon. If you would have given me Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., I'd have been here like, hell yeah. But, you know, they, they wanted to go with a baby face thing. But even then, I wouldn't no, – well, I guess – Gorillas of Destiny, maybe? Well, they're not baby faces. So they, they needed a baby face tag team to, to wrestle the Good Brothers. Yeah. And they're not going to do give Gorillas me, of Destiny. Give me show and yo. I don't, they're I don't probably too small. It's, it's <laughs> tough. But you ended up with, with Finn Juice, and I was just like, I don't care about this match. I think I was drinking at this point, and I was like – or yeah, I was I wasn't paying attention to this shit anymore. I was like, I'm, I'm cool. And then they went with a fucking small package, and I was like, that's enough. I've had yeah. it. <laughs> that was the worst match of the night. And then we have a uh, Diana Perazzo versus Tennille Dashwood. I mean, again, Justin Ivy, our resident Impact uh, aficionado in the Reverse Rap Pack. He liked the match. I. I try to let him talk me into liking it like you just did with the other match, with the Trey Miguel match. I, I just, I don't know, something's missing. Something's a little off. It wasn't a bad match, just indifferent. But Peraza retains. I thought the match was okay. Um, felt a little bumpy early. And it, it started to pick up. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad match. It no, just wasn't it started to pick up and then it was over. Like, yeah. There was no second gear, third gear. Was Peraza's an interesting wrestler. Um, because they completely misuse their NXT and like, <laughs> I mean, this is the best way possible. It seems like as soon as she showed up on impact, she started eating better because she's like gained weight yeah. and it adds to her physicality, but it's like, there's something missing in the character and I can't figure out what it is. Yeah. Which then lends me to the idea of did NXT really misuse her? Cause I mean, they just booked her at the top of the card. Like, 
technically you could book whoever the hell you want at the top of the card. But when you're up there, you kind of have to deliver and make people like keep you there. I, I, I don't know. She's a big fish in a small pond. I think- NXT wasn't that. Like, I, I'm not sure she's a big fish in a big pond. Like, she, she went over there and got swallowed by well, the big I, fish. I think Perrazzo's the type of talent that she got signed at the wrong time in NXT. Because she could have done, she could have been like a Nikki Cross or not the character, but I'm saying that she could have had a main event run, right? Like, she, she gives good matches. Yeah. 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 The match is good. The, the character is just missing something. I don't, I don't care if she wins or loses. She's paired, so, yeah, she does give good ma- matches. I just think that she got signed to NXT at the wrong time. They just had too many women. Just way too many. And they had no room for her. And that's what WWE does best. They just sign a bunch of people. And it's like, ah, now what do we do? And it's like, ah, release them. And they just get rid of them. And it's like, ah, my, my stock is taking the dump because I, I haven't been able to work for a year. And here I am like, back on the indie scene, you know, trying to figure it out. So, I don't think they necessarily missed because they had too many, too much talent, but they probably shouldn't have signed her if they weren't going to do anything with her. That's fair. Definitely fair in that regard. And then uh, main event, Kenny Omega with, <laughs> this is what threw me up, uh, Gallows and Anderson, they just act like they didn't lose to Finn Juice like 30 minutes before. <laughs> They're just like, no, fuck that match. We're not even, we, we don't even care. We're here for Kenny. Um, but yeah, him and then Rich Swan with Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, who also lost the match earlier in the night. So whatever. But they're all here. It starts off, okay, it's picking up steam. The match hits its second gear. It has a second gear. I'm like, oh, yeah, Kenny and and Rich are about to go off. And it was all Kenny. And by the end of it, I was like, was this a 20-minute squash match? It surely felt that way. Yeah, this was a uh... not the way you want your champion to go out. I'm, if you want to book Kenny as the champion, it's not the way you necessarily want your champion to to drop the belt. There's two things about this match. Kenny worked his ass off. Something was off with Rich Swan. He was like off on spots. His timing was off. Like, and it didn't help that it, it be, started to become a very Kenny dominant match because it didn't seem Rich wasn't wrestling like a champion. Right. Like he it was like he had like comeback spots. But then there's this one spot that Rich does that I just absolutely hate. It's when he starts coming back with his strikes. Right. And instead of like throwing punches, he throws like clubbing blows with like he hits you with like the inside of his wrist. And I'm watching this and, you know, Kenny's trying to sell it like it's a million bucks. And I'm like, this just ain't working. And Rich is a really good wrestler, but I just felt like. He, he was just not on his game. For whatever reason, he wasn't on his game in this in this match. So it kind of worked to this benefit that Kenny had the most dominant spots. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised that he was just so dominant. One wing angel, one, two, three, and uh, new champ. I, what yeah. do you do with Rich Swan now? I don't know what you do with Rich Swan. Again, the, the way he dropped the belt, it's like, does he deserve revenge? Didn't like, like it. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't seem like he, you know, has a crux with Kenny still. Like, no, you just move on. You find the next guy. So that's weird. And Kenny Omega is doing the belt collecting thing, which kind of touched on earlier. Um, it's all good for Kenny. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I mean, talking to impact people, AKA Justin, seems to think Moose is the one that, you know, is being built to be in position to really save impact and get the belts back from Kenny eventually. And okay. Yeah, cool I, I think you got to, I don't think you got to dug it, you know, just dog out Rich Swan for that though. I think, you know, Moose, full disclaimer, me and Moose are cool. Um, yeah, friend of podcast, been on the show yeah. before. I don't think Moose is the guy to beat Kenny. Like, I like Moose. I, I think Moose is a a, a very um, unique talent. But when I think about how they're going to try to get this title off of Kenny Omega, I can't. And the reason why is the timing of it all. Moose just lost Rich Swan. They have to yeah. rebuild him in a way to beat Kenny. And it just would feel weird for Kenny Omega to lose to Moose now. Like, I guess the best Moose put on a show, though, in that triple threat when he was oh, yeah, like he the, the random entrant. Like, he, he looked the best, even though they lost. Him and Kenny had some good spots. Moose, Moose went crazy in that, though. So I, I I'll give that to, to Moose. I'm just trying to figure out is if Impact is, are you trying to make somebody? Or are you trying to use, like, your flag bearer to get the title back? Because if it's like mm. a flag bearer, like then it's like a Sammy Callahan or a, or a Moose. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to make somebody, I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. But it'd be somebody like a Chris Bay or, yeah, somebody, or a Trey. Yeah, or somebody who's on the rise who can, you know, can get that ultra push by beating Kenny Omega. So yeah. I don't know which direction they're going with this. All this is interesting to me because I, I still, I don't know why Rich Swan didn't show up on AEW. I like to build that match. That was kind of weird to me. They had an opportunity to at least have him show up and be like, hey, bitch, I'm, you know, I'm getting the title. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you watch AEW, um, you know, if you watch AEW and you're not really paying attention to the commentary, you have no idea that Kenny Omega's wrestling Rich Swan to collect another title. No, or, they barely mentioned it or acknowledged it. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. That's why I said on our preview show that I thought, hey, maybe Rich Swan's going to win because they're completely downplaying this, but no. <laughs> that's not what happened he got killed <laughs> no they little brothered them but um I mean, I mean, we'll see we'll we'll have our answers solved because they're doing the six-way match which they're doing like a little wrestle in matches to get a spot chris bay came back and won one spot uh i think cardona's in the spot now but they have four more spots and then six guys will wrestle be the number one contender and try to go over and challenge kenny so okay we will see the winner of that six man match. If it's Moose, we know the direction they're going. Chris Bay is obviously in the match. So that's a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey in the match. So they, all their options will be on the table. The winner of that match will clearly give us a direction to where impact is going. Um, on the AEW end, AEW has blood and guts coming up this Wednesday. I like these little specialty shows. That they do. They spaced them out a little bit more too. I think the last one was uh St. Patrick's Day. So now we get blood and guts. This is a a redo of an event that I think was supposed to happen right before the pandemic hit. And they kind of scrapped it. So now they have a new program going into um what is really war games, like the original version of Blood yeah. and Guts. Uh, and so we have Inner Circle, Jericho, Jake Hager, fucking Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz 
versus the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and uh, FTR. So I think that match is going to be great. Give them like 40 minutes, let them run. Yeah, and I think the uh, Jericho's promo work has been really good. MJF's oh, like great promo this week by Jericho. They've been they've been on fire putting this thing together, and and I think I hope that they, we're really going to get the breakout of LAX because it seems like they've been pushing them in that direction, like they're going to be these killers. So I hope that happens. I don't know if the inner circle need that. I don't. They don't need to win this match. The pinnacle probably will win this match. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, do do heels win war games? Mm. It's not really like something built for the heels to win. Like, I mean, it, it feels a like stipulation. This is again. I keep saying this. If you want to find a way to get Jericho off the of TV for a while, this would be the match. Oh yeah, Jericho will bleed. So yes, yeah, this could like, be that. I mean, not only that, it's um, kayfabe injured Jericho. You know, you trap him in the cage. Even if you win, like, even if Jericho then win, you lock up the cage. You just beat the shit out of Chris Jericho. That's yeah. very possible to get him off a of TV. If that's the route that they're going, I say this. I said this with Moxley, and you know, Renee Young is like weeks away from having this baby so i don't know if mox is even going to take the damn time off but jericho seems like somebody who could take some time off and be okay aw's humming along just fine and if he leaves and comes back he gets a massive pop and you know he can go tour with Fozzie, you know not wear a mask whatever jericho does in his spare time um but it seems like the way to get him off television and if jericho is injured kayfabe like and he's gone for a while you unleash lax as a tag team. Yeah. And Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah, everyone besides Jake Hager. That's the so, one we don't want released. You keep him on a tight leash. Yeah, you listen, he'll come back when Jericho comes back and just sure. be Jericho's bodyguard lackey. Um, and then we also have Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. I don't care. I don't like they had the Nightmare Express. I was like, oh my God, fuck this angle. Lex Express. <laughs> they, he brought back the Lex Express. Uh, just oh. please, I don't, I don't care. Um, honestly, QT Marshall needs this more than Cody does, but I need Cody to win because I don't need QT Marshall on my screen. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, Britt Baker versus to be announced. All right, whatever. Cool. Um, SoCal Uncensored versus Jurassic Express versus Varsity Blondes versus the Acclaimed. You know how this is going. SCU's got to win. Yeah, because if not, they're done, right? Yeah, so they got to win, and they got to go into a program with the Bucks. And yep. this might be the end of SCU. This is it. So, yeah. I mean, win. Daniels has been around forever. Kazarian he really has. So, <laughs> Kazarian's had good. long hair. Daniels had, like, it's crazy. Yeah, um, forever. So, I get it. It's a good program. Good way uh, to tease the end of them. Maybe they win. Who knows? But uh, I think it's a cool program for them. Then we have the last match to talk about Kenny Omega and Nakazawa versus uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. They're going to kill Nakazawa. Nakazawa's <laughs> taking a pit, right? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't really get this, but I mean, just get Kenny on the card. Yeah, they're, they're, you know what this is. Nakazawa's going to get fucking murked. Nakazawa doesn't match his character either, like Kenny's character. Like, no, why just... are you still tagging with Nakazawa? 
because they're homies, man. They, the, the biggest issue with AEW, if there's ever an issue to talk about with AEW, is that the top talents kind of book themselves. Yeah. So Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, they kind of, they, they book themselves. They don't have any writers, so they book themselves, which also means, on one hand, they're wrestling minds, so it's like, all right, cool. They kind of, they're not always going over. They're, they're trying to figure things out. But on the other hand, they're putting their friends in angles that we don't like. So QC yeah. Marshall's on our TV. And Nakazawa, not that we don't like Nakazawa, but we're trying to figure like, well, why is he in this? In this yeah, it makes no sense. Was, he's Kenny not Omega's badass good. like Kenny Omega. But yeah, there's like nobody, there's nobody there to say, hey, that's probably not a good idea. So yeah, where not. Vince <laughs> is very hands-on with fucking things up, AEW is very hands-off and allows the talent to do their own thing. So there's like, well, I guess there's a little bit more good with AEW than Vince like dominating uh main roster shit. But you kind of need some balance here, and Nakazawa. I'm just like, why the fuck is he in this match? Yeah, he's just makes little they, sense. They need, but he... <laughs> you know what they need to do to him? They need to do him like Kevin Nash did Ray Mysterio in the trailer. Back oh, in yeah, just throw him straight. <laughs> yeah, they just need to fuck him up. Just fuck him up. Like make make some comedy out of this shit because this should not be like a competitive match. Yeah, it's gonna be weird, but. Listen, that's what we have coming up for this week in AEW. And the results of this will directly lead into some of the matches we get in Double or Nothing. So yeah. let's let's see how that plays out. Maybe, I mean, all signs point at another Kenny Omega, John Moxley match. Yeah, we, we'll talk about it. It feels like they pivoted away from this whole Christian Cage thing. Yeah, yeah. They kind of let him do his thing and kind of build up more naturally. Which I'm told I'm fine with that. I'm Smart. fine with that. I feel like though they're doing something with Brian Cage. Brian Cage just beat Hangman clean. I don't know what they're doing, but Brian Cage has always looked like a guy who can beat the shit out of people. Oh yeah. So maybe I don't know. I don't know. But the Moxie Omega thing, I guess, because I if, if the baby's coming, Moxie needs to go home, man. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks, something. That Take dude, Renee off, is Mox. due. Renee is due. It's like it's yeah. right around the corner. You feel like Mox has got to take some time off. And then August G1, he'll probably be in G1 again. So it'll be in Japan. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yo, like is, is Moxie wrestling Nagata this week or is that when is that? He's defending the title. He's defending the title. Right but I thought that was going to be here in the US. That's what I'm saying. Is that this week or next week? Um, I don't know. I have to look it up. I'm just trying to figure out how they was like, you know what? Let's I think it's put him in there with Yuji uh, Nagata. And I love Yuji Nagata. But I don't think Yuji Nagata has a shot in hell in beating Moxley. He could have found a better opponent. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's people more worthy. But again, at this point, Moxley just wants to wrestle when he wants to wrestle. Yeah, and who he wants to wrestle. Uh, May 12th. May so 12th. next week. Yeah, come on, man. There's Ishii. There's motherfucking Shingo. And you know, you know how much I pay to watch Shingo and Moxley like murder each other. And I guess that's like more like a pay per view match than anything else. But yeah, that's I, a good matchup though. Oof, God, um, as you guys know, I'm a big Shingo mark. That guy's. <laughs> but, no, listen, I'm not mad at that at all. So, yeah, that's what we have coming up this week. Uh, when we come back next week, we'll have more to talk about. We'll recap all of this stuff. We will preview WWE WrestleMania Backlash. <sighs> And then talk uh, NXT, which we didn't talk about today, and further along the storylines there. So 
We appreciate you guys for listening. Another great episode. Make sure you guys follow the show at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Man, we've been having a blast interviewing, chopping it up with some of the best in pro wrestling. So make sure you guys check those shows out. So much fun there. And then outside of that, stay safe, stay runner free. Stuff is opening back up. Make sure you guys are being safe. Can't wait to hang out with everyone when stuff gets up and rolling. Until next show, we're out. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.